This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. The economy was a topic during the run-up to the election. Taxes and various reforms were brought to the forefront, but there are still very many issues that have to be addressed by President-elect Trump during his first 100 days of office. Ken Smetters joins us. He's a professor of economics here at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, he is also a host of Your Money, heard Tuesdays at 5 p.m. right here on Sirius XM 111. Ken, great to have you joining us today. Good to be here. Thank you. From your perspective, and looking at the the uh, the economic issues, what are the important things that that Mr. Trump has to focus on, not only now but in that first 100 days? Yeah, I mean, I think it's what most people have been talking about is trying to stimulate the economy with the infrastructure bill. I think there's um, wide agreement that the infrastructure is collapsing, and there's the need to. Replace it, and there, and also by uh, focusing on that, it will um, uh, also stimulate some jobs. So I think it, uh, it, it's highly likely we'll get something related to infrastructure, um, and there's some chance that we'll also get something related to the Affordable Care Act. Although, from an economy perspective, infrastructure is going to be uh, have a much bigger boost. Well, a lot of people have talked about not only the infrastructure, bridges, roads and such, but a lot of people have also talked about the digital infrastructure and and building out and, and protecting what we already have as being a very important area that needs to be looked at early on in his presidency, because a lot of people feel that uh, that the government ha- has has left that behind to a degree. Uh, and there could be certainly some truth to that in the sense that yeah, the way the Internet was structured from at the beginning is, is, was the creating a fairly open platform. I'm, I remember, in, you know, just 20 years ago, not that long ago, where you could send someone an email and um, uh, uh, do uh, what's called a finger, <laughs> not to be confused with a derogatory term, but you could finger their account and actually see if they read your email, when they read your email, all that type of stuff. And so the infrastructure was or was set up to be very much um, open. And, um, you know, nowadays it's actually much more closed, much more secure than it used to be. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, there's certainly a lot more work. But it's not all government. I mean, the private sector is going to have to play a big role in um, uh, uh, securing their own networks. And when you think about lots of the break-ins that you hear about, they're really just, um, you know, companies themselves not doing proper penetration testing, um, not really uh, looking out for their own systems. And, and that's something that, uh, candidly, the government is not, if companies aren't protecting their own resources, the government's not going to have it be very effective at doing it. You're listening to Business Radio here on Sirius XM 111, our Business Radio special post-election priorities, looking at the uh, the road ahead for Donald Trump as President of the United States. We're joined by Kent Smethers, economics professor here at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Obviously, uh, a lot of uh, of headlines was were made regarding Donald Trump around the tax cuts that he has proposed. Yeah. What impact will they have? on the United States if the plan he put forth, shrinking the number of tax brackets, actually goes forth. Yeah. Oh, there's lots 
components to his um, tax bill. There's certainly um, on the individual side, there's what, what, what a lot of attention has been focused on has been the, re, the, the reduction in individual tax rates, especially at the higher end, because it's um, higher income people who, who pay most of the taxes um, on their current law uh, anyway. Um, but the bigger uh, impetus will be actually on the business side of a lot of reforms that he's suggesting on the business side. And some of that will be stimulating in the short run. And so the Penn Wharton budget model, which people can go and play with uh, the, the Trump tax plan and uh, uh, change different assumptions, it's simply at uh, the budget model .wharton.upenn.edu. And what they uh, what they will see is that in the short run it, it creates some stimulus, but over the long run, what happens is that he loses a lot of revenue, and um, as a result, the debt held by the public increases. That competes with private capital um, for household saving and international capital flows, and so what actually happens the positive. Um, short-run gain turns negative, and it turns very negative um, within about uh, uh, over, over around 10 years. So for the people that are listening to us out there, for somebody that is making $50,000 a year right now, yeah. what's the impact on that person if the Trump tax plan get, gets put into, into effect? Yeah, it, it comes down to um, a, a lot of it is their, their family structure. Um, because a lot of the, the, the deductions um, that he he removes and then some of the new ones that he creates has a lot to be uh, is a, a largely focused around things like um, having kids, having dependent care, which could be kids as well as elderly parents. Yeah. And so, if you're a single person, it's not going to have um, much of an impact on you, except for you know potential small gains in the short run in terms of the economy and negative gains in the longer term in terms of the economy because of the growing debt. But if you have kids, um, that's where the deductions will likely get a little bit um, bigger. And if you have aging parents who are technically dependent uh, on you, um, you'll get some break. Well, and that's an area that I guess is how, how new is that to the system in terms of, you know, people that have to take care of, of an elderly loved one that, you know, may have to live under that person's roof? Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, over half of the people in the United States going into retirement, um, their biggest asset by far is Social Security. And um, what we're uh, predicting at the 10 Wharton budget model is that Social Security, uh, the trust fund, will run out of money in a, only in about 14 years. It's more pessimistic than what the Social Security Administration is um, predicting. And when it runs out of money, we're showing the shortfalls are bigger than what the Social Security Administration is, uh, is showing. And so at that point, Social Security, only about three-quarters of Social Security benefits will, will be payable at that point on, under the current law. And so um, you might definitely see more um, parents, older parents living with um, their kids. Um, and at the same time, what we're also showing in our demographic data um, is that the um, uh, it, it singleness amongst other older people is actually increasing 
Um, and that's because one of the big uh, dramatic shifts that doesn't get a lot of attention is that divorce rates amongst older people have actually gone up, and uh, what we're projecting will continue uh, uh, to go up as well. And that actually, especially for women, has a really uh, who tend tend empirically to be the secondary earner that has a, a, a really big uh, a risk to them of, uh, in particular, not having enough resources for retirement. I, I would think that would also, to a degree, if if those scenarios play out, it would also have an impact on the housing sector as well, and, and not necessarily a good one. Right. I mean, housing is always a hard one to um, kind of predict because I think prices of houses um, uh, vary um, a lot more based on kind of systemic changes in um, uh, the economy. And so we've, we're seeing this great uh, merge toward urbanization. More and more households are, are living in, in cities. At the same time, um, cities um, have a lot of supply restrictions, um, it, which, is, which is actually the main factor that explains high housing prices is that the supply. So you go to think about Los Angeles. You know, why are houses so expensive in Los Angeles, given that there's so much property there? Los Angeles, greater metro area is huge. So why would prices be so high there? It's because 85% of the land there is restricted, is height restricted. And so it's very hard to build, you know, new apartments. Everybody wants to protect their view and their ambiance and so forth. And so when it comes to housing, it's it's really comes back to a policy question. Um, more at the local and state level in terms of zoning. What about the the corporate tax issue? As you alluded to a little bit ago, uh, he's talking. There's talk about repatriation, uh, about bringing trillions of dollars back from from overseas into the U.S. economy. Is that something that would happen under a Trump plan? In theory, yes. I mean, he has what's called um, a destination based uh, tax. It's very similar to the. Um, the House GOP um, destination-based uh, tax. This is a new type of um, method of international tax that was uh, just invented, essentially, written about only about five or six years ago by a professor at Berkeley named Alan Arbach. And it would have an impact of, on two things. A lot of the income shifting that we see today the double Dutch Irish, you know, yeah. income shifting, a lot of that would be would go away. So we'd see some of the dollars coming back to the United States. But and the second point is that a lot of the location of firms, um, it wouldn't be as biased against the United States. Having said that, I mean, um, uh, the what's really important there too is that uh, you know Trump's. Uh, policies toward trade could lead to more of a closed uh, uh, economy, and that's actually going to be um, a, a really big kind of negative over time because um, it, and it's not just because of the usual economics, you know, reason that we like trade. It's really uh, on the capital market side. When you have less trade, when you have less capital flows, um, the impact of the debt that's created under his tax plans are, is going to be even bigger than it otherwise would have been. What do you end up thinking happens then to the overall United States economy in terms of, uh, of jobs and GDP? Because a lot of people, uh, if you watch the, the business networks, are saying if some of these things play out, 
the, the number of 4% GDP is being thrown around right now. Yeah. Is that a possibility? Not, not over a long period of time. You could certainly get lucky over a short period of time, but not over a long period of time. Over a long period of time, um, the growth rate is really pinned down by the rate of technological change, and that's um, closer to uh, 1% to 1.5% per year after inflation. So 4% um, is, a, is a very aggressive uh, target, and it's unlikely going to happen um, uh, under his plan because, again, you get some short-term stimulus. But here's the problem is that even without his tax cuts, we're so unbalanced right now where their debt held by the public is growing so rapidly and will we'll compete with, uh, uh, with private capital for household savings as well as international capital flows that even the baseline economy with no policy change, um, we're, uh, what we're projecting at the Penn Wharton budget model is that we're going to see a, a slowing economic growth. In fact, by 2040, we're basically projecting that economic growth will actually stop. Um, and actually, the economy will start to contract at that point because the debt will be so substantial at that point that it, the economy just can't handle anymore. And so, if, on one hand, cutting taxes creates some short-term stimulus. And there's some, you know, there there are some really smart things in the Trump um, proposal in terms of moving toward expensing um, and away from interest deduct- deductibility. Mm-hmm. That uh, most economists um, generally agree that that's a very um, uh, positive for investments, and that's what we should see in our own model. But if it's not balanced um, in terms of revenue, either with spending cuts or new sources of revenue, that increase in, in debt will eventually compete um, with private capital and actually lead to economic contraction. Kent, great to have you on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Kent Smethers, uh, who is professor of economics here at the Wharton School here at the University of Pennsylvania. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.